Well, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 773. Uh, we did have a week off last week. Well, I had a week off last week uh, because uh, I was on holiday, which was very nice, a few days away. Uh, got to the coast, sun shone, and the, the waves waved, and saw a bit of wildlife and all of that sort of stuff. It's very nice. So uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I want to say thanks to Wagyu, who's also having a day off. So there may be some uh, moderation slips this week because I'll have to do it. Uh, but uh, well deserved break. I can't think of the last time he wasn't available for a show so i think we should give wagyu uh, a, a, a virtual hug from where, wherever he is i think he went to see a gig in milan he said so i hope he's having a wonderful time and not thinking about this at all and doing whatever you do in milan on a uh, wednesday afternoon um ice cream possibly or beer i don't know what uh, salami and yeah i don't know what you do in milan anyway uh, anyway this isn't a travel uh, podcast it's to do with music technology and that's what we're doing i want to say hello to everybody in the chat room nice to see you all there and also in the youtube i think perhaps that the two streams are not crossing today usually it all merges into one but that's okay we can survive with that uh, um thanks to everybody for listening thanks to everybody who's uh, who's watching yes i'm rambling aren't i yes uh so anyway we'll get back into into bringing some guests in because we have we've got two for as, as i said bristronica was just on uh which was the new show in bristol which I have to say, for a f I mean, it was. I, I'm going to call it a first show. They did one before, but it was very, very different. And I think the venue, the organisation, it just felt really well done. I have to say, big round of applause to those at Elevator Sound. Marco and the and the team did a really good job. It felt it felt very vibey. It's very similar to a sort of super booth thing, but kind of a bit more intense with really good in, indoor sound system i heard some that the sound system they had inside was just i thought it was fantastic i was sort of mesmerized i stayed a bit later and listened to some stuff anyway we'll be talking about that a little bit later if we go actually now and join uh, uh, uh some of our guests then we can <laughs> then we can sort of get on to those subjects so we'll start with uh divke ben who's there um in his Hello. studio uh how are you doing you were there you had your own stage and everything and you've still got your voice did, yeah. talking <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I was ready to be, uh, yeah, speechless, which is rare for me, but kind of ready to be speechless and uh, and worn out. But no, the, the team at the event were great. So it kept me hydrated um, and everything running smoothly. And I could still talk at the end of the day, which was really nice. So I missed a lot of the event, unfortunately, but um, we'll come on to that, I guess, in a moment. Um, I've binged through all the Sonic State videos from Machina, so I feel like I'm caught up a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I got a stage, which was um, Marco's suggestion, actually. Um, it wasn't a demand of mine. I don't go to events demanding stages with my name on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, really good. It's really fun to run the interviews. And um, yeah, we've, I've caught up on videos, so I don't feel like I've missed out too much. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll 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 move on to the other guests now because we our sort of first feature, I guess, is Bristronica. So, and uh, Robin, of course, saw you there. It was nice to see you. Uh, beer in hand most of the time, which I'm always pleased to see. And yet, you don't ever seem to be. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's alcohol free because you never. I've never seen you in any way worse for wear. So, uh, obviously, very professional there, Robin. Uh, Molten Music Tech uh, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Well, you've got. You, and you've uh, you posted some content in fact we're going to use your 360 video as as the trailer for the next piece are you well Ooh. how are things yeah not too bad um i well i think i think i certainly did feel worse for wear a bit on the sunday morning i have to say it was a long night a long night into that after show party but it was good it was well worth it it was a it was a fantastic fantastic event 
360 camera and all. Hang yeah, on. well, I ducked being attacked. I ducked out. Uh, I I ducked out at nine thirty. Got a taxi home. I uh, just thought there's no way I'm gonna. And I I, I must admit, su- Sunday morning I was wiped out for probably a good twenty four hours after that. It's just it's just it's yeah. intense. These things people forget how. I mean, it's yeah. it's intense even if you're just there as a punter where you can sort of do what you like. But when you're going from place to place to think, oh, I must talk to this person. There's something I need to you know talk to them about. Whatever. That's when it starts to get. Get pretty full on. Um, anyway, we'll come back to you in a sec. And we've also got Paulie Bow. Uh, I, I must find your jingle. I spent ages editing it, and I think I've deleted it from Google Drive in a cleanup because I forgot what it was. But uh, nice to see you. Uh, okay. How are you doing? Nice to see you too. Well, thanks. I, like Ben, have been binging on all the Sonic State coverage of Machina Bristronica. So I've, um, you know, it was slightly intimidating that the other two guests went. So I was like, Best do my research and not not sit there like tumbleweed when it comes to my, <laughs> my so I've picked out some cool stuff that I I really like um, that I saw so it'll be good to chat about that in a bit. Um, it's new synth day in my house, which is amazing. Ooh, you know that you know that new got? synth new synth. This one is Robin's fault entirely. <laughs> it's a RYK vector wave. Ah, additive okay, gotcha. slash FM synth. I've got enough FM synths, but that one seems amazing. And the other one is quite interesting. Quite a bit of a budget buy, but a very interesting one. I'm just going to reach down. So someone on um, eBay in Ukraine is building these open source synths, which haven't been ava- that available for quite some time. The Shruti one. Oh, um, yeah. I've heard good stuff about them. So yeah. I was like, mm. so I got the Polyvox variant because it's got a Polyvox filter and you can run external audio in. So I thought, what's better than one Shruti one is two Shruti ones. Whoa. <laughs> so I bought two of them and I'm going to, you know, have some stereo Polyvox filter action going on. Uh, so Double Shruti. Double Shruti. You could get. So yeah. Um, yeah, you could get cool. really silly and root. Sorry. I was going to say you could get I really could silly the ve- and root. the vector wave through it. <laughs> well, I'll run one shooty into the other's external in and then that into the other external yeah. in. A filter input cross mod of, uh, yeah. I'm sure, super Whoa. weirdness because it's polygons. And, wow. and it's got filter FM as well, so you could filter You're FM. Heaven. The other one with the other one. Weird. Yeah. Mm, there we okay. go. And it'll that probably good. blow my speakers. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that sounds like fun. Uh, actually, I just sort of saw this comment came up from uh, Nick Howes. Says uh, if I press the button and it stays up. Yeah, Mini VS arrived with this week. Some of those Behringer Mini synths are starting to show up. Yes. Uh, which is which is yeah. uh, uh, interesting. I don't know whether and, uh, and actually I posted a piece uh, on um, the site today because they've also announced uh, and I haven't. I, this isn't a topic or anything. They also announced the kind of concept of these little USB MIDI host things. So one's a port with power in, host out, and two MIDI things. Yeah. So you could do that with a VS and then a six-way version of that. It looks like a really good utility and actually something quite original. Um, yes. Unfortunately, you can only find this stuff on uh, Facebook, their Facebook page, which is also the page they used to mo- use to moan about the fact that nobody in the media likes them and we're all ostracising them, which is 
plainly not true. Um, I mean, not not for the reasons they suggest anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah, anyway, I thought I'd break that in there. But um, lots of stuff going on. Well, let's let's get a um, let's get the first topic up. And I think uh, the first one is obviously Bristronica, which is a new show on yeah. the block. And I really hope it sticks. And I started with with uh, you, Robin, drinking beer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And Ben, this is this is amazing because basically everybody arrives saw your stage initially. You know, that's the basically that you were the first. Yeah, whether you like it or not, you have to experience at least more beer there, Robin. Every clip is just you drinking a beer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed beer in the main room either. I, I kind of. Uh, oh dear. Right, but. So you used the 360 cam. I noticed that what you did is you didn't publish the 360 footage and allow people yeah. to pan themselves. You pub you did that, whereas I just dumped the whole thing up there. But uh, it's a pain in the ass to deal with, isn't it? 360 footage. It, really it is, is, yeah. I, I just didn't have the patience to work out how to do it. I'd, I'd started watching a few YouTube videos on how to post proper 360 video and all about injecting metadata. And I'm going, oh, I'm just going to go over here and do something else. So uh, I had no, I haven't done that. I'll give it another go at Synthfest and um, hopefully shoot less, and so that might be a little bit easier to cope with. Yeah, but it, otherwise, it, uh, it was a it was it a fun thing, you know. Yeah, it renders at like two frames a second or something, even on a, like a fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really, really, it's it's certainly not what we're used to when it comes to video processing. But yeah, I, we I posted mine and I, I'll show I'll tell you how to do the injection stuff because I've been through that. I've I've gone through the pain for your gain there robin and i'll show you how to well, do that it's very straightforward. Great. yes very straightforward <laughs> uh, so bristronica i mean aside from the fact that it's a great event and it sort of felt mm. really buzzy there was good music all the time there was discussion gaz had a stage there as well i was trying to get him on but i haven't had a response from him uh, this week so he's been, he did a load of discussions which were more sort of philosophical and just general discussion and from what i gathered you know i went in a couple of times and there was a good audience there ben i think you had a pretty good audience at your stage as well and we felt very well attended i mean the one thing I would say is it felt a little bit of a, an embarrassment of riches. It could have been two days quite easily without, mm, yeah. and then people would have had a little more time to enjoy. But I just thought, what a great, what a great event. Uh, let's hope for the more. I mean, I'm being purely selfish because if this takes off, it's down the road. I mean, what what's not to like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it could have easily been two days, even just spreading out what they had. You know, pull the after-party performers into say some yeah. Sunday performances, spread those out, put DJs on maybe for an after party or book some more acts. And it could have easily, easily been two days. Um, I mean, I did seven interviews, half hour a piece with a half hour gap, but that half hour gap shrinks when you're trying to get people off and set up. So it was really kind of seven hours straight. You could split that in half. Um, manufacturers seemed, would, seemed quite happy to be there for two days. There was a lot of chat of like, this should be two days even finishing a little yeah. earlier on Sunday, potentially, rather than going into the evening. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to look at kind of the cost of doing that, getting yourself in document, the, the venue, which I think is owned by Motion, the club that it was in, in 2019, ah, the first okay. time I did Um, Because I was told that the sofas on my stage were the original sofas that went into Motion nightclub. So they've seen some things. <laughs> right. They were cleaned. Well, I'd say absorb <laughs> absorb some things, possibly, it. yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it could have easily been 
split up. Um, really good teams throughout. Um, they'd put a lot of staff on to make sure it all ran really well. Stage managers, video team, audio team. I, I hope they made a load of money and profit and it's successful and they can do it again. Um, yeah. That maybe is the only thing that would stop you doing multiple days. Um, yeah. I suppose so. Well, I, I mean, I suppose you might not you might not sell more tickets. You might not sell more tickets, but uh, you could increase the price. Yeah, I don't know. I we I did some fag packet calculations, and it looked like you know that there should have been plenty of money because they sold out, and hopefully it'll work out really yeah. well. Uh, and 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 I want it to as well. I mean, let's go to you next, Paulie, yeah. because as an outsider, yes. you didn't. You know what what impressions did it um, did it did it sort of dominate the internet for a few days or was it kind of pretty uh, low key? Because you know these things, we when you're in it, you think, oh, it must be everywhere, but they're not always the case, I mean, is it? I mean, you're all my friends on Facebook, so of course it would dominate my personal <laughs> wall because you're all posting stuff. But yeah, um, I. I even outside of that, I'd heard like rumors that it was going to be like really, really amazing. Basically, unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Um, I'm going to Synthfest next week, so that mm. kind of feels like at least I get one want to do one of them, which nothing's a given when you've got you know a kid uh, and childcare stuff like that. So, sure. um, but this one, I don't know. Bristronica seems to have a bit more lore than Synthfest. A kind of slightly wild super booth um, vibe yeah 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 vibe so you know i'm hoping to it's not far from me it's about an hour from me so i'm hoping to maybe go next year um yeah and from the sound of it yeah um spread that stuff out um because you know acts are are quite easy to get hold of you know lots of people would bite your arm off to play at events like that so um spread some of that out and and yeah i think uh i think they'll do it'll just grow from strength to strength uh basically it's it's really interesting one thing that i and a couple of people said this is they sort of said that they felt that bristol was actually one of the uk's kind of most fertile hubs of urban mu just music generally and it seemed to be yeah. reflected in the number and the variance i know there were people from all over the place but i mean compared to the billing of of Superbooth, which you know in berlin you would anticipate there'd be tons of it as well but it felt yes. a bit more kind of finger on the pulse uh, and it may be because they're obviously running a, a store which maybe lots of those artists come in so it was quite easy for them to to build them but there was some i saw some really good stuff on that uh, on the big stage there i mean and it sounded fantastic and it was very it just sort of felt a bit more kind of uh vibrant from that point of view i don't know if that's that's good but bristol city you know it's good to hear that mm. bristol sort of is felt to be a bit of a a, a, a musical destination i suppose yeah, I think just yeah, it was my first in time. general. Yeah, well, that's very true, mm. yeah. First time in Bristol there, Robin. Yeah, my first time in Bristol, I think. And, uh, I mean, it had, I mean, I, I've, I've been around, you know, uh, and but I, I've never <laughs> been to that side of of the country as such but it felt very it felt very immediate it felt very uh, gritty a bit sort of camden-esque i suppose um mm. it, you know in comparison norwich feels a little bit twee i mean it has its own 
aggravations but it's uh but <laughs> bristol was very uh, you know it had all the the graffiti everywhere it wasn't uh, neat and tidy it was it was kind of rough and and ready but in a in a very upbeat very engaging sort of way you didn't feel like you're in danger particularly you felt like you know anything could happen it felt very inspiring i think in in that way uh, but also the event itself, it didn't feel crowded. I mean, there were a lot of people there, but at no point did I feel I couldn't see something or I couldn't get to no, something that, or I felt pushed out of anywhere. So it felt, I mean, even you. queuing for food, you know, was, was yeah. painless and you could find a seat, you know, if you hung around for five minutes, uh, easily got a beer as you could, as you can, as you know. Um, <laughs> so in that respect, you know, the, the level of attendance and the, that sort of vibe was just was open and friendly and non-confrontational and it felt like a warm uh, inviting place to be mm. yeah i know i would agree mm. with that i think that 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 felt so um getting on to products i mean there were a few things we saw there we i mean some of my, some i've got a couple of videos queued up uh i saw three things for the first time it was to see the erica since bullfrog for the first time and talk to gertz yeah. about his plans for it really inspiring uh we had that we also and i think if i would i if i pray the play the pl the pl play the play fader video wow that's a hard thing to say i think that yeah. was something that maybe caught a lot of people's imagination because it was it was sort of new so maybe if i play a little bit of that then then because ben you were saying you were talking about this then we can we can maybe discuss this was interesting no that's not it five oh god it's the yeah, wrong color button sorry here we go we'll get there in a sec I'll just go there and hey, then I'll Gertz, do that. There we go. Back again, and we're uh, we're looking at the bullfrog. I mean, look, this has been there's been a lot of put except that's the wrong one too. This is this hey, is. Hey Hatch, how you doing? Wrong. There we are. All right, thank you, pardon. <laughs> I saw the play fader and I thought that looked fun. Thanks. So, that's the idea. Yeah. So tell us what what exactly is it? Um, so it's a two-channel CV performance looper, um, and. Each channel can be um, outputs a CV and a gate on each side. So you have CV and gate for each channel, and each channel being uh, fader and play A and fader and play B. It also has a clock in and out, CV and MIDI clock in and out, so it can translate from MIDI clock in to CV clock out and vice versa. And that's all settable on the back. And on the back, you've got an option here to set your clocks in and out, and you've got your listing. Yeah, I encourage you to watch that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting idea because, I mean, essentially, there's a pitch quantizer in each fader. So you can yeah. zoom through notes and scales and or just do raw CV and you can record loops and repeat them and set them to tempo. Just seemed like a really cool idea. And I'm going to come to you, Ben, because obviously you've been talking to Hadge <laughs> since then. I mean, it's just... Yeah. It seemed like so blindingly obvious. I can't believe it hasn't been done before. And I suppose it probably has yeah. in some form, but perhaps not as immediately sort of well done, perhaps. No, not as easily kind of clockable. There are some CV looping devices, but much like running, say, tape loops over the top of each other, it's always felt kind of like a free running type thing, or it's maybe not mm. quite as synchronized and integrated as you'd want it to be. What I did really like in the in the video, and again, I encourage people to watch it as well, because I kind of not really thought of it for pitch. I was thinking more gestural, filters opening, sound effects, send effects levels, and things like that. Is kind of thinking of pitch as a as a movement. You know, you can see that on a nice fader step sequencer or series of knobs. You're kind of thinking of pitch as an arc, 
as opposed to a this is a C to an E flat to a B and so on. I quite like thinking of melody as rises and falls in pitch. And the way that Hadj was just quickly kind of moving the fader and tapping in the gate rhythm underneath just seems so quick for making patterns. And certainly for nice bleepy techno, as long as it's quantized, like you're off. It just seemed really, really easy. The thing I'm curious about, and I'll try this at Simfest because um, they're going to be there on Saturday, is how editable is that? Would you have to keep kind of replaying in these patterns or can you go in and just kind of almost overdub in a little pitch change or a movement change? Um, but it did Ooh, everything. I... All the voltage scaling was all built in. It was talking about, I think, in the video as well, three to eight volts, which is expression pedal inputs for pedals. Or was it three to five volts, they said? Because they had the Chase Bliss reverb pinging around, you know, loads of fader movement on that motorized fader pedal. So it was a great way of showing off what it can do and how it can make other, orchestrate other gear, not just modular stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think, think it's a pretty interesting. I mean, also, uh, Robin, your uh, modular guy, did you, and you had a bit more time mm. on the floor. Did you get a chance to play with this and sort of uh, explore it? Yeah, yeah, definitely had a chat with him. Uh, you know, talked about the having it outside your rack and, and how useful that is because um, I talked to him about having it within, you know, have you put it into a module? He says, oh, yeah, I mean, various iterations were you know, sideways, cross faders, all sorts of things are trying to pack it into a Eurorack system initially. But it kind of felt like as soon as they spilt out, it suddenly just opened itself up to all of this possibility. You know, you can get yeah. your hands in there. You've got room for these wonderfully chunky buttons, and it just becomes uh, an instrument that you can play far more than a parameter you're trying to to manipulate. You know, I mean, there's there's elements of the the Bella Gliss, which you also did a video on, who were there, um, where you've got this control strip that you can generate CV and do various things with. But there's there's kind of a depth to the Gliss that that makes it quite quite focused and in some ways quite fiddly whereas mm. the play fader was just joy all the time this is fantastic and just do this hold this button do that and it's picking up more stuff and it's throwing out notes and then it's throwing out gates and the ease with which it was able to to manipulate it was i think the thing that was yeah was the best thing about it there was no sort of mealy knocking around with tiny little things it was all all big and relaxed and big movements yeah, and exactly. capturing stuff you know and it uh yeah i thought that was a great a great little demo yeah it's interesting there's quite a lot of performance stuff uh in in the modular sort yeah. of space i mean this doesn't really have to be modular mm. although i don't think it did any midi which would have been kind of interesting if it could output midi as well i mean maybe that's a bit too much to fit in but uh this yeah. looks kind of kind of fun and, and he was demoing a sort of fairly chip tuney thing i guess it made it more obvious um and less obscured but yeah um i th i think that the amount of functionality they've just crammed in it's just amazing because sometimes i think about these new products and think about well how many like modules or bits of gear would you have to cajole together to you know do this like five yeah. years ago or ten years ago you know um and i'm wondering if uh this this is a i'm seeing certain signs that modular in general is becoming more accessible than it's ever been so you've got these you've got these controllers which pack in loads of functionality that you'd need loads of modules and logic and stuff before 
And then you've also got these little 4MS pods and things like that. And I'm thinking, actually, it's a really good time if people want to just dip their toes in into modular, you know, and and also have something that they can use straight away to get some musical results out of as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for this kind of move to accessible CV manipulation instruments and stuff, you know, especially for things like rhythm and percussion and stuff like that. Um, mm. Because that's mainly what I use my modular stuff for in tracks. It's to add really interesting percussive kind of tones and stuff like that. And, and yeah, just banging away on this and moving the sliders would give you something pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think so too. Will, will I think that's they interesting. be at what... Synthfest? Uh, yes, they you will know. be, yeah. Well, yes. I'll, be, yeah, I'll well. be having a go. I'll be having a yeah, go on definitely. that. Me too. If I've <laughs> got a jam on it, we'll take not... a further each. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Brilliant. Unless there's a queue. Unless our video yeah. has meant that they're going to be, you know, not approachable now because everyone will go straight to them. We'll I think see. there'll be people interested. <laughs> I think what's interesting what you say about performance because we're also seeing a lot more sort of poly modules that require MIDI input. So we're yes. seeing this kind of integration of sort of more regular sort of uh, polyphonic stuff, but there's also bringing yeah. CV control in it. So there's going to, you know, we're we're that's doing it. that. It's that convergence thing that's always happens with technologies. You know, you get different streams, and then people going to go, oh, they could both yes. work together. And this is sort of what we're going to start seeing because you're going to see things like, you know, the uh, the Keystep Pro, and I'm sure there'll be other other you know sequencing devices along which will do polyphonic and monophonic as well. And so therefore, yeah. people will be able to drive you know, a poly module plus mono modules and rhythm and all of those sort of things, and they'll all just sort of start to come together. Yeah. Any other uh, highlights from the shows? I mean, it may be that I've got a video that I can play, but it may not be. So, I uh, liked, Ben, what, what, um, oh, sorry, you go, you I go, liked, Paulie, then. I liked Bella Gliss as well, just to to go along with what Robin said. A kind of, I know it looks a bit fiddly, but again, lots of functionality and, and it just looks so fun and, you know, just pinching it to get different CV um, uh, ranges um, right. ranges and clipping right. and things like that. Yeah. I didn't see that with that particular video. Anything else for you, Robin? Yeah, uh, there was a few. There was uh, something mad from Stochastic Instruments, which was sort of following on from the stochastic instrument inspiration generator trying to get that right which uses stochastic randomness i suppose to generate notes whereas this new thing they've got which they're calling strange r things is oh, yeah. if they can get away with it uh it takes a phrase and manipulates that in a similar sort of way using stochastic chaos i think or, or stochaotic <laughs> something or others anyway i mean They'll give you a you know, a whole PowerPoint on how on what's going on, but essentially it's taking a, a musical phrase and then manipulating that in different directions and different dimensions while you manipulate it yourself somehow, and it sounds great. Uh, and so that's a, an interesting thing to look at if we can bend our heads around it. Um, there was oh well, I mean RYK uh, also has a different version, if you like, of the vector wave in taking this the fm idea the four operator fm and sticking it into yeah. a much simpler module that still looks gorgeous mm. but mm. just gives you the the basic controls over level and frequency and then algorithms and how they're patched together 
And I think that will take some of the mystery away from the vector wave, which is which yeah. can be remarkably deep. And uh, so I, I appreciate that kind of thing, something that I can use on a surface level, uh, I think. Um, so, yeah, there were a couple more. Yeah. Ben, what about you? Anything, uh, anything, ca I mean, I know, you know, you didn't get a chance to walk the floor. Anything catch your eye yeah. with the videos we shot, which, uh, which wasn't by any means an exhaustive <laughs> list of everything that was there. Yeah. Um, one thing I did really like the look of, uh, been a very visual product was the Vasky embedded little VU oscilloscope. Now he had those, Laurie had those back at Superbooth, a bit more DIY looking. I think it was a 3d printed panel, but just this gorgeous looking, it's kind of three LEDs wide, but I can't remember how how many high he said in the video. I remember he, he told Andy in the Sonic State video. But just this great-looking little visual, kind of almost oscilloscope, but being 2 HP, you could almost imagine dotting several of those through a system next cool. to the things that you're visualizing, much like Robin's motion meter, just a great way of adding mm -hmm. some visual feedback to what's going on in a dense patch. Um, I really like the look of that. Um, I heard very good things about the Bella Gliss, although I didn't touch it, but everyone that came and said, oh, you've got to go touch it if you get a chance. It feels really responsive, really reactive, really kind of nice under the fingers, which some of the kind of older capacitive touch keyboard technologies and touch plates, you need yeah. to lick your finger or they don't always respond very well. Um, and then I was really happy personally to see, and I've, I've got it here, um, the mind phaser from Hex Inverter that Erica oh, Sims yeah. are remaking. Um, I think Stacy could only make about 100 of these before the chip shortage hit, and for several reasons he stopped um, making them and took Hex Inverter out of business. It's really nice that kind of Gert's been able to redesign it, involve Stacy in the process, make it beneficial for him. Um, I really like that. And also the Erica Sims, um, which are also here, the, um, the effects modules that you covered um oh yeah oh yeah the, 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 the new black got... ones yeah because they've got presets which almost sounds like a weird thing to say for modular but the simple mm. example of changing the the pitch sequence so your patterns change but then having a delay preset shift so that your you go from ping pong to a mono tape to different feedback levels i think it's a really nice idea won't be for everyone but i do like the idea of bigger changes happen in a kind of macro sense mm. um and it was under mm. voltage control. I think it was 10 presets and not to 10 volts, one volt for each preset. Um, the reverb and the delay will kind of patch shift. I'm more interested in throwing non kind of uh, step sequences in, seeing how it responds to LFOs. Will the delays do weird things while they're pulled around or do they yeah. kind of crossfade settings or should be interesting. Yeah. Just I one mean, last the... thing under. Oh, yeah, go. Um, oh, he's got everything the, already. <laughs> some of, some of. Some of this was here anyway. Some of it was exchanged over. Uh, October 18th, Bafaco's effects boy coming out um, and having all the oh, yeah. Game Boy cards of uh, circuits. Oh, my God. Um, I've got that yeah, too. Just an absolute, yeah, there we go. An absolute sucker for the idea. Um, and also the implementation, all the things I've heard from Mine looks like this, though, at the moment. Mm -hmm. Oh dear! <laughs> it's got a way to go yet. I've got, I've got a bit of work to do on mine. Yeah, Sorry, Ben. <laughs> but you get a. What's interesting is you've got a different effect per card, and for anyone that's not seen, they are um, analog circuits on the cards. 
But there's VCEs yeah. built in, there's a dry-wet CVable blend, there's a full CV-controlled four-band EQ. It's quite a comprehensive module that then you slot in, for now, mainly flavours of distortion and a phaser from Instruo. But I really hope it does well and other companies run with it and kind of take it as a, I guess, a bit of a busman's holiday, kind of like, oh, I fancy yeah. designing a delay today. And this is a compact, easy way of me having a bit of fun with a simple delay circuit um, mm. rather than doing a whole new module. But yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with that. I have a real soft spot for that one. If it um if it doesn't work, do you have to blow into the cartridges? <laughs> like on the old <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, interesting. They're, they're strongly encouraging <laughs> not cross plugging in the cards that you know you'll fry Zelda if you okay. try and plug it into your effects bot and so Oh, that'd be it. What sure. if you plug um, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be a great idea. Plug plug an actual <laughs> cartridge in there. Did we get to everybody's? Uh, everybody's. I mean, I know we spent quite a lot of time on Britonica, but it's it's quite an exciting thing, you know, because we don't get new events very often, and this one feels like so much was right. I can't. You know, our only mm. real kind of criticism is it's not long enough, which is. <laughs> it's not really a criticism, is it? It's like, leave them wanting more. It's, you know, I spoke to Marco briefly there, and he said he's got all these plans for sort of going, you know, other venues and bigger and better and all of these things. So it's going to be pretty good. And there were a few people there. It was nice. We caught up with uh, Georgie Ward, who's just back from a big Dua Lipa world tour. And Hazel Mills was there. And uh, I, I, I've heard that um, Imogen Heap was there, but I, because I've never met her, I've, I've interviewed her, I, I didn't realise who it was, and I thought, who's that extremely tall-looking person? And it was Imogen, and I forgot. She's absolutely massive. She's really a very tall woman, so, you know, it's kind of quite... Uh, uh, and I just didn't clock it, and I was, I was kind of busy as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, Twitch says... Uh, um, Georgie's... Oh, he's, uh, Nick House says uh, Georgie Ward's a superb interview, which, yes, I th she's just so charming yeah. and so enthusiastic and obviously so talented. I mean, world tours... At that level, not many people get to do that, and not many people are capable of uh, pulling that sort of thing off because it's quite an ask. You know, arenas, that sort of level of application event. Anyway, we talk about it. I encourage you to check it out. It's well worth checking out. Um, well, we well, should um, probably should. Oh yeah, go. Yeah, just qu quickly on as we round off Machina. Was Imogen talking to Gaz at one of the discussions? And if so, I think does anyone know if they were filmed? Did anyone see any cameras? Are we going to see video of that kind of thing? I think there was filming. Uh, I, know, I don't know if Gaz... I think, yeah, because Gaz was talking about the notion of... Uh, was it emotional technology? And sort of... I, I think that was the, the, the phrase. I, I'd have to check the uh, the schedule. But I did see cameras there, and I think it was. So I don't know whether that's going to go for Gaz's channel or whether it'll be on an Elevator channel or a Bristronica channel. I don't mm. know. But I'd imagine they're probably now realising just how long it takes to put all of that stuff together when you do it properly with multi-camera shoots and all of that stuff, whereas us bodging it mm. quickly with uh, mobile phones <laughs> is a far quicker way to do it. But uh, it's a very different thing. It's just you, you need tripods and, you know, it's a very different production when you're locked off shots you need to you can't have handheld for for seven hours it would just be too much um yes i suppose the next topic is uh, as we know uh there's been a lot of conjecture and a lot of speculation about what's been going on at moog we should give it a nod really i'll just press this uh this is yeah. literally uh moog then and there's been a lot of talk oh here we go cookies and all that because it always so yeah uh in music layoffs uh official well this is on gear news which i know robin writes for to a degree uh from time to time um so the news that uh moog i mean this is 
this is the thing. Everybody said, oh, they're just going to do this that in, when, in music by it. Uh, they're just going to sack everybody. So there's there's been a certain amount of layoff. I think what they've had to do is move, uh, co- moving construction to... Um, Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the country now. It's uh, Indonesia, I think. Is Taiwan. It, um, that where that Taiwan. That's right. Yeah, uh, and obviously they've had to. I mean, they've had to kind of rationalise the workflow. And I think, to be fair, this was a, a story that was always going to happen. But it was probably going to happen before in music bought Moog because in you know not many people know that perhaps Moog was in quite serious you know financial straits and there was a lot of stuff that they had a lot of employees there and that's expensive. And yeah. I think there just comes a point mm. where it's like, I, I'm sure they did as best they could to try and keep that workforce going and the loyalty and whatnot, but ultimately it wasn't going to be enough. So I think I, I'd just like to put a hand up and sort of say, I don't think in music are necessarily the bad guys. You know, they could have sold it to a company that had nothing to do with music or anything. And so I think, and I spoke to somebody from in music sort of off the record, and the notion is effectively, you know, to keep the brand going, they're going to have to improve uh, the cost effectiveness of it which means taking some yeah. of that construction out and they're keeping the the marketing team they're keeping the uh, product development they're keeping a certain number mm. of the workforce they're keeping it in Asheville so it's not like they're closing it down and there will be a certain amount of leveraging the brand and maybe bringing that mo technology and know-how to a more affordable strata and selling it to more people mm. in, in many ways is what Behringer are doing but it will be actually Moog. So I'd just like to put that up. And I know people have a very strong emotional reaction to these kind of things because they're almost like the, the kind of crown jewels when it comes to synth. But ultimately, the company had already been sort of poorly managed, or not to say poorly, but managed yeah. in a way that meant this was sort of inevitable at some point. That's what I'm going to say yeah. for that. So I, I don't know. Um, uh, Robin, you know, you've probably mm. looked into this as to a certain degree as well. I don't know how involved you are in the in, in the yeah. writing of any of those stories, but I mean, I'm no doubt you'll have some insight. Yeah, I mean, at, at the time when the story was breaking, we kind of uh, collectively at Gear News felt that we'd really like to wait and hear what the story is because it was a lot of rumor and a lot of talking and we really wanted to to hear from in music and what was actually going on and i'm kind of glad we did because it 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 does soften it a bit i mean we idolize moog rightly or wrongly i think and you know no company is going to be is going to be perfect and even though uh we think their their products are awesome behind the scenes who knows what's going on you know there's been there's been trouble and difficulties of various various sorts and we we tend to separate these people out into what we consider to be a you know a nice a good company and then a bad company but none of that's really based on very much i don't think um other than a feel yeah yeah, other than a, than a feel and a vibe, and and Moog's had vibes, mm. you know, a plenty, and we've a, and we've kind of given them all sorts of leeway because of that, you know, and but but ultimately, when it comes down to it, they do have to run a business, and they do have to pay their employees, and that has to be the decisions that that in music have to make, I guess. And and you're right, it was kind of inevitable to some degree, but I'm in in many ways, it's not anywhere near as bad as as perhaps we all predicted we just assumed it all be shut down and it would become uh, just absorbed into uh, to some other company somewhere else but they seem to be retaining uh, a large part of the Asheville place and 
the staff and the intention of being uh, of supporting stuff and continuing to build a but perhaps a higher end version of stuff whereas all the the smaller more competitive things will become perhaps smaller and even more competitive i understand the little tiny synths are, are really on vogue at the moment you yeah. it in the palm of your hand and charge 50 right. bucks for it that seems to be the answer <laughs> yeah i don't know it's interesting i mean you know that people are very emo emotive about uh moog so mm. yeah i mean I, I agree i mean just one other thing i mean one thing that i will say i know that there's that you know in music have acquired a lot of brands but you kind of look at what they've done with the akai brand i mean they've made that absolutely massive Plus, I think uh, Alesis, that when they purchased them, they were really struggling. I mean, they're not what they were, yeah. but Alesis drum kits, which used to be, you know, not thought of very highly, are now actually competing with the big boys, you know, the Rolands and the yeah. and the Yamahas. People are coming into the into that whole sort of drum space through Alesis kits, which, again, is, is a sort of improvement as to where it was. I mean, you're a drummer, Ben. I mean, you probably know more than about this than I do. Yeah. So there are, it's not all kind of, Doom and gloom. Um, hopefully not. It's, it's hard to say, you know, you read the press release and obviously you write what you want to write and what how you want to be perceived in your press releases. Not that that's me saying it's all full of rubbish and I don't believe any of it, but you clearly don't lay out all the bad things publicly as a company or no. an artist or any of that kind of thing. So it's hard to read between it, but there's certainly a real emotive, this is bad, this is bad, you know, I think I just saw a comment of someone yeah. saying I'm not buying any mugs and I'm going on hunger strike or something. Um, it's hard to say, really, but I, I like the idea that, trying to be positive about it, that some mug existing is better than no mug. If it was going to go down the pan yeah. and things are going to get worse or debts were going to build up, that we will have something. And I had heard uh, kind of behind the scenes a little bit that they are still working on products they were working on. Um, yeah. obviously company changes going on and there'll be manufacturing changes going on but it things that i was aware of haven't all just been canned and scrapped and we're not going to see those anymore it seems that they're trying to just work out how they position that kind of from a business sense and manufacturing sense so yeah time will tell um if it is more accessible that's great um if there's still some handmade things that people want to buy and they'll value as they would some handmade Yororak thing. People either really mm. value that I've sat and made this by my hands and therefore it's a lot of money. Other people don't and don't care, and that's fine as well. So I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll see official more ladder filters in the NPCs and things like that, but the way, as you say, Akai have built, I mean, that massive firmware drop they gave the whole NPC range for free was huge. Um and that had a real good kind of feeling to it for Akai. So, yeah, they've I invested, hope it works yeah, out well. Invested, yeah, they've invested massively in the yeah, software and team now. I mean, it's not, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, Alesis drum kits, back when I was doing lots of one-to-one -one drum tuition, even the cheap kits were good. You know, they were a big step up from where they were years ago, kind of starting out, go get your first little electronic kit for the kids and stuff I was teaching. They were good. Um, and they do compete just, uh, at the higher end now. I heard, yeah, no, I, I heard recently also um, that they've, I think they acquired BFD, which is a really highly regarded sample the drum sub. And I think that's yeah. it, that's now yeah. going into Elise's kits, which is pretty massive when it comes to the sort of sounds because they were cool. the the bee's knees. 
I mean, yeah. I don't know if you, how much Moog stuff you've got, how emotionally sort of connected you are to the brand. I mean, it is, it's a romantic, it's a romantic thing, isn't it, to a degree? And it's it very is. difficult to kind of separate the two things, but, you know, yeah. business um, is business. I don't, I don't own any Moog, actually. Um, it was ne it was never really my main kind of thing I was aiming to get. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn it down though. I really like the look of the the sub thirty seven. If I was going to grab mm. grab a Moog, I'd probably grab one of them because it's got all sorts of cool extra functions and things like that, and lots of drive. I like a lot of drive, but. Um, from what I've heard, and this is just what I've heard, you know, various people say, I don't know if Moog's actually been Moog for quite some time. Um, and what I mean Yeah, if you're going to be purist about I, it, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Um, yeah. And I think that can, that can alter how you feel about this, but I, I heard that stuff like, that they make that they make all of the electronic parts in other countries anyway, and then just bring it to the Asheville factory, and and this is this is just what I've heard. I don't know if it's true. They just pay assemble yeah. random people to just assemble it, and then put it out as this kind of you know glorious American Moog product. So I don't actually personally as a complete outsider from it without much without much you know um emotional draw to it i mean i used to used to really enjoy listening to bob moog talking about various things there's loads of uh youtube videos and i could just listen to him for hours you know even when he's not demonstrating his own project products i think he he was one of the first people to demonstrate the fairlight and i love just listening to his presentations and stuff but yeah, I don't actually see how much more different it kind of is, being that it wasn't, it was kind of a front for a, a, a kind of cheap operation assembly anyway, you know? So Possibly. I mean, I, 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 yeah. Potentially. I think that I th yeah, it's just what I've heard. I think the thing is, is what, think... you know, the, the brand has always had this sort of association with quality, and yes. you know, to, to keep an, any any workforce in America or you know any of the developed nations is expensive, you know, so that's got to be paid for. Definitely. So you need a premium band Definitely. really to, to to run that, and so maybe that will be that that will cheapen the perception to a degree. But I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. I mean, as people, there's been a load no, of stuff no, in the news recently about about you know manufacturing china you know china is not full of unskilled labor the skills that they have yes. in creating in building technology is far exceeds yes. what we've got in the countries where we don't have it because we're not doing it they're doing it every day all day with massive yes. amounts of workforces yes. so you know there are lots of trained people in wherever it is that you choose to manufacture you're not going to just give it to a bunch of chumps and have them sort of bodge it it's going to be a skilled workforce wherever it is these days it has to be because otherwise the returns yes. will be too high yes. it's going to be a waste of money you know so we, we've got to be careful about about that but yeah i think i think it's going to be an interesting change and i, I feel positive but obviously there will yeah. be changes and 
people don't like change, particularly when it comes to no. the sort of the, yeah. the family heirlooms. <laughs> they don't want they don't want their front door their front door painted uh, sky blue when it's always been a, a sober yellow or whatever. You know, they don't want that sort of stuff. They want it to stay the same, and that's that's you know, unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. And hopefully, I've it will got, work um, out, even though there will be change. Sorry, go, Paul. Yeah, I've got one hope, and that's that the kind of spirit of Moog. And the kind of culture of Moog lives on. So, you know, they've got the cool, cool Moog Sound Lab where they're inviting artists. Yeah, like that's that. great. I hope that continues. Um, and, of course, in terms of Bob Moog's original intentions and his original message, we've got the Bob Moog Foundation, haven't we? Um, who do a lot of well, work. Well, that's a separate thing. But like yeah, Education and yeah. museum, yeah. Separate yeah, thing, but, um, you know... It kind of adds to the the spirit of Moog, so yeah. Well, that's, I'm, that's on one thing, I will anyway. say that uh, Akai, for sure, their marketing is very artist driven. So it's quite possible that yes. some of that, that, you know, there's there are similarities between maybe the way that those companies operate in that sense. So that that's probably a positive as well. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, these just I mean, um, two 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 topics, and we're already we're already nearly <laughs> an hour. It's astonishing, isn't it? Go, Ben. Yeah, just one one thing to raise, and this will seem defensive, and I don't mean it this way. That there was a comment just saying that Moog have been a rip off, and that you know the old Mini Moog never had more than three hundred dollars worth of parts in it. Without Behringer, all these companies would just rip you off like all the modular companies do. <laughs> just to kind of put it out there as a thought thing for people, not to make a big discussion of it. The, the prices that we see have tax off the top. There's then a retail margin off the top. There's then likely a distribution margin off the top. Shipping will come off yeah. of that as well. There's then that bit that the company sell that product for, for that whole retail mechanism to exist. And then there's the cost that comes off that before they make any money. So it's thinking about how much do you really think they're making off that? And if there is $300 of parts in, say, a Minimog, how many dollars of parts do you think is in a £100 synthesizer or a £80 synthesizer? It is minimal. The cost of components is generally quite minimal. But, you know, thinking of the jobs that other people do, would you want the same mm. amount of money if you're putting sims together all day? Or would you happily make sims for £2 an hour equivalent of your time or no money and you do it for the love of it? It's, it's tricky. And I'd encourage anyone to look into it that feels that way, that we're all just somehow being ripped off. And that's not to say that some products are expensive, that some brands don't have a premium name and price tag attached to them. Yeah. Yeah. But really, that the argument of there's only X cost of parts, so therefore this is all a rip-off, it doesn't translate across global trade and retail at all. Um, no. Yeah, not a statement that, to say yeah, that things fair, aren't expensive, but... Fair point. And, yeah. and plus, some, not, some things take a lot of R&D, some things take quite a lot of uh, thought and development that time is paid for as well and yeah, yeah okay after a while that is recouped and then it's profit but sometimes that 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 whole you know you might need to sell a product for five years before you're starting to make any money out of it or you know yeah. you you can't buy a million parts f with the hope that you might mm. sell a million things let's say you know if you're a big company like i mean obviously 
Behringer are one of them. There are other companies that buy, will be buying in enormous amounts of things. And they will have people who are production and thinking, well, if we buy, if we use this part in this thing and that thing and that thing, then we can buy a load more of them and then we'll get another 10% off. And that'll shave down. Because generally, there's something called, like you say, but a bill of manufacture cost, which is the stuff that you have to buy to make the thing, you know then that's just yeah. how much does it cost yeah. and how much, yeah. you know, then you've got to put it back. There's a lot of, manufacturing is a complex business. You know, you might say, oh, it's only going to cost another three quid for that screen. But by the time you've added all the other bits on, that screen actually might cost 20 or 30 or $40 because of the additional skims and margins and all of that stuff yeah. that ends up going into the final price. So, yeah, it, it is a complex business. Yeah. I agree. And it's um, not to say that cheaper synths are in any way inferior either. You know, it's not to say, well, the expensive one is therefore better. Not at all. Everything's got its place, mm. but it's just being aware that it's, there's a lot more to it than component cost. There always is. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of synths, <laughs> again. <laughs> so the Gaia 2 came out uh, this week. Oh look, they're doing cymatics in this video. I haven't seen this one yet. We shot a video with David Ireland on this for the launch. Uh, I must say, first thing I said to him was, yes. looks quite a lot like a mini-log, doesn't it? <laughs> and it sort of does, but it's not. I mean, obviously, this is the, this is the Gaia 2. Um, I mean, this is... Interesting facts about the Gaia. They only discontinued it after nearly 10 years of production last year. Wow. The original Gaia. And this wow, Gaia 2 is... I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how I fit because to call it a Gaia is... It is fair enough, they do what they like, but it's not multi-timbral yeah. like the original was. There are differences. Mm. I mean, this is, and it's not, I mean, it's based on some kind of derivative of Zencore. We did a product presentation yes. with them. I asked the question saying, what's the sound engine? And it was a bit of a sort of, it was was an, an indeterminate answer, you know, in the way that this yeah. SH4D is some derivative of Zencore. This is also, yeah. but it's not Zencore. And they're, they're being a bit sort of weird about mm. how they want it. And they didn't want that left in and they paid for the video. I full up front it was a presentation and they didn't really want that to confuse things i mean i don't think they're trying to hide anything yes. but it's an interesting move this i don't know what i think about it yet i haven't had a chance to play with it and listen to it i didn't hear anything that made me go wow that's amazing but there are some interesting technologies i really like the way that they've got that motion control recorder very similar to the cv the play fader and maybe the, uh, the, those ideas of recording a function effectively and then playing it back at certain things there's so some interesting technologies yeah. in there i don't know um what mm. do you think robin i mean you know this is this is sort of more mass market kind of synthesizers for everybody and yeah all that. i mean it's not it's not insignificant it's sort of seven Right under quid it's still mm. quite a chunk but it's it, it is uh, i think it definitely appeals to uh, people who are perhaps looking for their first synthesizer or for people who are graduating from an arranger keyboard or home keyboard kind of kind of thing yeah. it's you know, it's largely inoffensive it's understandable from people with a you know who are not massive synth nuts um and it just it sits nicely in that price point i think i mean it's a bit more expensive than the the korg mini synths that i mean i don't mean mini synths i mean the mod wave and the op six and that kind of thing but it has a similar sort of uh, appeal i think where you're going to be able to turn it on you're going to go whap and it's going to sound huge and it's going to have things that you can play with without having to 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 really worry about what the nature of the synthesis is or where that how, how the sound's being generated you're just going to be able to enjoy it as a playable 
machine. I mean, you'll probably see it in the shop. You know, you go down uh, Denmark Street to the new Roland shop, you'll be able to play it and it will sound great and you can walk away with it. And, you know, there's, I don't think there's now, <laughs> there's very little wrong with any of that. And I completely intended to go and play on that uh, Restronica and I completely forgot. Ah, so well, that, yes. you know, so its appeal is not perhaps to people like ourselves. Its appeal is to is to people who just want a fun synthesizer to play on. I think that I think it fulfills that role pretty well. Yeah, and of course you can you you can load other models into it. There's a user slot, which means you can sort of load ZenCore type yes. models. This is where it gets a bit kind of. Ex mm, yeah. The concept is harder to explain when you've gone. Well, why isn't it Zen? Why can't I just go? My patches from here could go into here, that could go into here. It sort of feels like a, a slightly less connected with the cloud, the Roland cloud thing, which has been gaining, you know, lots of people yeah. really rave about mm. that and think it's a great thing. And, and some of those things sound fantastic. I know, um, Paulie, you did the uh, yes. the Boss uh, GM800, was it? Recent review for us. And that's got a Zencore yeah. engine and, you know, there's in patch interchangeability stuff, but perhaps not with the Gaia to, 2. To a degree, yeah. Um... I can't save patches out of my MC1 and 1 and bung them in there um, due to, I don't know, some restriction they've put on. I could make patches in the soft synth version, though, you know, the Xenology Pro soft synth. Yeah. And then, and then upload them to both. Um, but yeah, Roland has this knack of releasing products most of which have similar lineage. You know, like, for instance, you've got all of the Zencore products, then you've got the SH4D, uh, which is kind of Zencore, but with a little extra thing. Now you've got um, uh, the the Roland S1, the little synth, with the oscillator yep. chop, which is its own little it's sexy great. thing. Great. And yeah. then, And then this product has its own little unique thing with it's got wavetables which the rest of the other Zencore engines don't have and all of that you know cool pad trippy stuff so it's like they they create the same nearly the same product in terms of DSP usage and just put one or two unique sexy features in each of them to make you want to buy them all basically that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, maybe that. And I think yeah, maybe that's true. It's total genius. You know, well, I suppose, yeah. it saves on R and D. You know, and and all all of us who are watching with very you know close eyes, going, "That's just Zencore. That is, you know, um, kind of a, a cork sniffing." Um, <laughs> we're going to be seeing that, but the the public at large are not going to be seeing that. They're just going to be going, "Oh, cool synth XY pad," and and yeah, that that mm. market for you know some kids' first synthesizer. I think this is a great uh, a great um, kind mm. of placement in that. I if I was buying my first synth, I probably wouldn't get that. I'd probably get maybe like the mod wave. Or right. something like that, because you can bung your own samples in the mod wave, and uh, and it's got the wavetable stuff as well, and it's a bit more, um, you know, forward thinking, um, but still, you know, it looks quite fun, and I'll I'll happily have a go at one. 
I think Roland well, they, maybe you can and shut. Maybe they, can so. shut. Yeah, they will be there. I yeah, know Ben. Yeah. It's it weird, going. isn't it? I mean, is there is there any difference between this and you know the fact that we saw thirty three forty oscillators in every synth from the eighties? You know, for a while. I mean, there's there's no real. Is there really yeah. are we being a bit kind of like you know <laughs> pedantic? I don't know. I think it's just efficient. You know, if I if I had a synth design company and I had say a really great ladder filter or sem multimode filter circuit, and then I go to design a full standalone synthesizer with a sem multimode circuit, I wouldn't sit down and try and relay out the circuit for the filter that I have. I just, I very much see it as them reusing their assets along the way and just being efficient um, with it as well. Um, you know, like if they had a great reverb engine and they can put that across some pedals and some synths, it should, yeah, reusing company assets, I think, which is wise. I like the look of it. I, I like the first guy synth. I only ever played it in shops. I don't know anyone with one, but I've known people. Um, I, put, I forget their name now. A remix artist in the states that used to do a lot, uh, kind of electro two thousands, twenty tens electro remixes, and they used it um, through some well, through some pedals as well, which obviously changes the sound. But they seem to really like the sound of it. Um, not per function by the looks of it. Um, yeah, pretty much. The only thing I've heard is a criticism. And I don't know very much about this synth at the minute, um, but is there's no mod matrix? I heard someone say. Um, well, there's a there is a way to assign. You just kind of go, I want to do this with this, so you you can assign like LFOs uh, and believe the envelopes to things. And I don't know if it goes in multiple directions, but I don't think there's a sort of yeah. specific mod matrix page uh, in that sense. But mm. the assignability is actually how... quite swift. Yeah, better than a matrix. <laughs> <laughs> if it's assigned just by by the thing you want to modulate the L the LFO in, just twiddle a filter. Um, I wonder how deep that can get. You know, can I assign one modulator to lots of things, and then how, if that's then say saved mm. as a preset or a mm. patch, how can I really go back and dissect what I've done? Um, that would really dictate how I would use it. Yes. The ability to mm. build slightly more complex modulations than just surface level, but then the ability to then also see what's going on and to edit that. Um, yeah, yeah like it's, inter it. it's interesting. Just, it's interesting. Um, um, Nick Howes posted in there, says 799, he feels, is too high. Uh, and as we know, Nick has a history of, he's been involved in the synth industry before, uh, uh, close to an SH uh, Jupiter XM, which is more powerful and more Zencore. And I think the XM is maybe a couple of hundred quid more, but you get multi-timbrality, you're getting yeah. a lot more for your money. So maybe, I mean, I think part of the thing is, is Roland, generally speaking, if they make a synth at a specific price point, they'll, that, you know, that like this one, the hardware felt pretty good. It's, it's a metal case. It's sort of, it, you know, so there's money in the, in the actual yeah. hardware itself, even though maybe there's less in the DSP uh, programming. I don't, but I, I mean that's complete. One, yeah, I, um, I think we'll see more from it. Hopefully, yeah. sorry, go, Paulie. One confusing thing that I think I've worked out now, but I had to really get my head around it, is that I think it can load the ABM analog behavior modeling. Uh, plugins, which are the SH101 and the JX8P, but it can't load the ACB analog circuit behavior plugins like the Jupiter 8 and the um, System 100 because those are about three times, they need about three times the amount of DSP. This is what I've read online. Right. So you can't load any 
of the plug outs into it, just the the ABM ones, which is the 101 and the, the JX8P, which is still the JX8P cool, is but... really. I mean, the JX8P is as a really good boutique. I have to say, it's one of my favourite yes. boutiques for a long time. Yes. I mean, it's just very fun. It's really nice. I like that a lot. So you know, that's not no bad thing. I think but, yeah. the uh, the Gaia comes with the 101 as standard, and I think you can. Yes. Yeah, there's a there is a couple of others. I forgot what he said they were. Now I I I, I do miss it, but yeah. it just sort of feels like if. If they all work together, wouldn't it make everything better yes. rather than having these sort of weird... It it's like a family tree with these little sort of cul-de-sacs, you know. It's sort of... It doesn't quite... Yeah. <laughs> does, not a family um, tree. You know what I'm trying to say. Like some kind of mind map yeah. of cul-de-sacs or something. I'm not yeah, sure what, what I mean. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it I'm glad it exists. And I think, you know, some yeah. of the Roland... Uh, it's always the way, though, isn't it? Roland have a certain number of of absolute hits like the little those little s1s and the those ones have seemed to have done really mm. well i mean yes. we had uh liam 82 did an entire performance at the emom just with four of those things and they sounded pretty damn good over a big pa yeah. uh the sh4d seems to have gone down really well the xm's gone yes. down really well you know some things are going to be more popular than others and that's just the way of things i mean you can't have a hit every single time but i think when you're talking about synths of that form factor some i find yes. i always think sort of like the mini log and the x the mini log uh, um what's the the xd are kind XD, of the benchmarks yes. be because they i mean it, less voices admittedly but they sort of feel like yeah. they are very uh, well defined and clear instruments and also fun and engaging instruments yes albeit i guess the keys are a bit because the uh the guy doesn't have many keys, so I guess that's another thing, you know, no. to, in its favour. So I don't know. Interesting. The um, um the System Eight is on my radar. You, I know it's yeah, quite old. Great now, instrument. But but and that stays on my radar. I don't I don't think I'd actually be interested in getting a guy or two, but I think I will grab a System Eight at some point, and I think that's more an instrument for me, really. So I There's guess guys in know, the chat Roland, room. Yeah, there we go. Hi, Gaz. Gaz nice to see you. Gaz uh, says thinks has the most ori the original the original guy had the most perfect interface, and I know you know a lot of people really yes. go for that. I know if Gaz is maybe streaming tonight, but we're going up to Synthfest with Gaz, so we'll be there on Saturday. Sorry to cut you off there, Paulie. It's the, no, the delay the is discomb Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if there's anything else to add. I mean, I, I was going to kind of try and get into some questions, but uh, I'm not sure that has Simon Cowell always been such a dick is a good question to uh, post on this. It sort of feels like it's outside of the scope of the panel. I'm sure we have opinions on it, but I think I'll leave that for now. And Nick um, uh, has, a, has a question there. Uh, maybe we'll get onto that another time, but there's... That, all of this, I mean, the thing is, is all of this kind of manoeuvring and moving around, you know, with Moog and what Behringer are doing and what, you know, in music are doing, it's kind of, there's a lot of realignment. And, and I guess it's partly because the whole of the industry and the whole global economy is finding a new level. There are new paradigms that everybody's working with and new ways of kind of manufacturing and, you know, partly also related to the fact that we're all able to commun remote, communicate remotely and do things from, you know, we don't have to move to to wherever to, to work on something. We can do things. So there's all these dynamics uh, in place. Anyway, I'm not quite sure where I was going when I started that, but I suppose a state of flux is probably <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. Chaps, thank you so much for joining us this week. I think probably we'll, uh, we'll, we'll knock it off on the head there. Um, Synthfest, I don't know how many... Has ever, who's going to Synthfest? Is everybody going to Synthfest here? Raise your hand. 
There we go. We've got a full house, so we can meet in person. Uh, perhaps we can all meet up for <laughs> something to eat uh, or, or a beer or something after the show. But, or a uh, beer, uh, and hey, again, Robin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a beer, yeah. Beer. I don't know if I like this reputation. No, well, that's no. tough. That's the way it goes. I've had to make do with PWN for years. <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll uh, so we'll see you all then. But thank you very much, everybody in the chat. Uh, thanks again, uh, Wagyu. We look forward to having you back. Very much appreciate you uh, having a holiday, but uh, you're missed. And thank you. Uh, thanks to our advertisers. So, uh, Paulie, what's next for you? Have you got a video out? You said you were shooting a video. What's coming Five. up? Yeah, I've got a video out uh, next week all about autism, autism and music. Uh, ah, okay. And I'm, I'm labelling it Magical Psych Adventure instead of Magical Synth Adventure. Um, nice. I just thought it'd be interesting. And what I've done is I've asked some friends and family to give their opinion on on what they think my relationship with music is and, and if autism has, has uh, shaped that. So it should be quite interesting, yeah. Uh, I'll just edit it together and put it out next week. There we go. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. <laughs> That's on the Magical Synth Adventure. If you search for that on YouTube, you'll better find it. Uh, Robin, I imagine you've got a whole bunch of stuff in the pipeline because uh, well, you had a couple of days off, and then so that must have stopped you from finishing them. <laughs> so you must have... <laughs> To be getting yeah, on with it. yeah, lots to do. I got the the Night Rider from uh, RYK to to fiddle about with at the moment. Got the Endless Processor to do. They're my two current reviews. But I've also just picked up or got rather got sent from Kiev this fabulous crazy chicken uh, filter called Avocado Toast <laughs> or something, and that's that's taken Amazing. up all my time as well purely because it's a joy to to work with. Uh, so hopefully oh. I'll, I'll accidentally produce a video for that out of sync with everything else. So it will jump right. the queue because it's fun In to the play gaps. with. Yeah, well, yeah, it's exactly. nice when you have fun fun to play with stuff. Actually, we've got the uh, no, uh, Norand Mono Mark II, which uh, is around here somewhere. And I've also got an Osmos, which I'm looking forward to just trying. Well, now I've got, well, almost a hand back. I may be able to do a bit because <laughs> keyboard playing is somewhat difficult when your hand is strapped inside a, a plaster. Uh, what about you, Ben? What's coming up from you? I guess your interviews uh, will be coming up, right? Your videos? Yeah, the, the video team from Machina still have the uh, footage. There was a hard drive left, uh, which just needs posting up, and then we'll start to work through that, um, which should be good. And There shouldn't be much editing, so it shouldn't take too long. I have some videos back from Nobcon. Um, tomorrow I'm releasing a video on um, just a bit of a patch layering technique that I always enjoy, which just involves splitting off a sub and running the sub and the main oscillator through two filters and then modulating them differently to kind of come back mm -hmm. together for some interesting rhythmic interplay. So a little video on that. Um, the Bifaco Effects Boy for the 18th. Um, I have a community project with uh, Soundforce, their chorus module where me and my patrons, um, they've been sending in audio. I kind of did like a, can I do this as a community thing? Soundforce, really encouraging. So we're going to process a lot of community audio through the chorus effects and kind of see how weird we can get with it, which should be fun. Um, and then I'll have a new thing out, a new DivKid thing, should be before the end of the month, and we're trying to plan something special for that one, but it's not quite planned out yet. So busy, busy. Do you mean month. a new module? Do you need a new DivKid module? Potentially. Um, Ooh. They're just these coasters. So, uh, oh, I see. <laughs> just going to teach you all to release some coasters. No, <laughs> no uh, yeah, on the new Great. module front, I've, I've quite a lot of um, 
module ideas in the works for different people and one is getting uh close um exciting so we're cool. trying to plan a kind of end of the month thing for that so yeah mm. i'm really excited about that one Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to throw in there: um, news of the Raspberry Pi Five is uh, is is coming. It's going to be released yes. this month, so I'm quite excited about that because that's obviously I could do more computing uh, and all of that stuff is is jolly good. I'm kind of uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, Synthfest and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff in the pipeline. There'll be more stuff coming from us soon. That's it for this week. I think we'll say goodbye now. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. Thanks to our advertisers and everybody. Come say hi. We'll all be at Synthfest. So if you're there too, we'll we'll be around. Yeah, and I'll try I'll try and be present, <laughs> even though I'll be working. Once I finish <laughs> shooting videos, I'll be up, I'll be up for chatting like the rest of them. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you all uh, next time. Take care now. Bye bye. <laughs>